Welcome everybody to Breaking the Devil's Contract. So today we're going to be talking with my good friend Eric about a theology he had that was a cult belief. I mean, it ruined his walk with God in a major way. Everybody listen to this. You know, I grew up in the church and my dad was a sound, uh, ran the sound in the church. My mom, you know, taught um, youth classes, not really youth classes, actually. We had kind of a... Uh, a name for it but anyways there was different like grade levels basically you know for youth night right and so my mom's class was like the fifth and sixth graders and stuff and so um you know our parents would teach that class then my dad would run a sound in the church and you know we were there at the church on most days that ended in a y you know um right. my dad got brain cancer when i was in the first grade um you know, I always knew the Lord, so to speak, as a kid. Um, you know, I mean, I, I remember even my my grandmother would say that I would run around and say, I've got the Holy Spirit power in my pocket and tell the devil to leave and all this, you know. And <laughs> um, I was running around rebuking the devil as a, as a baby. So, you know, I believe I knew the Lord as, as a kid, but then I, I strayed, <clears throat> especially after my dad um uh, got sick and then passed away the first time he got sick um, I was in first grade and uh, they gave him two and a half months to live and wow. uh, the doctor said you have glioblastoma metaform you know you've got two and a half months to live and I walked in the room and these doctors are telling my dad he's gonna die and my dad tells them I'm gonna live and not die and declare the works of the Lord and then I start <laughs> crying hearing these doctors saying my dad's gonna die and my dad like it was no sweat off his back immediately starts going into like three sto stooges jokes and like trying to like poke me in my eyes and like you know what I mean like boo, 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 and all this and I'm like <laughs> you know cracking up here in the hospital right after my dad's been told he's gonna die because his faith was just there that he was gonna make it and he did um he was healed at like an R.W. Shambach prayer meeting uh the doctor oh, wow. The doctor James Dub James Bland became a Christian. He was an atheist, or not an atheist, sorry, he was Jewish. He became a Christian after seeing my dad's <clears throat> MRI as well. The the tumor came back, you know, uh seven and a half years later, and he died when I was 15. And and the meantime, in between that, I had gotten involved with, you know, gangs and stuff like that and done all sorts of crazy stuff. And how old were you? I was like about 13 because I mean my dad had he, he hadn't died obviously yet but he had had gotten some bad news again you know and um I I guess the lack of uh I don't know the 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 feeling that I needed to man up or whatever kind of drove me towards the those things you know uh because right. the the, the gangsters and stuff you know the, the dudes that were in the crypts and whatever they were they were tough you know what I mean and so and I'd done martial arts my whole life too but I don't know I just was attracted to that that bravado or whatever you want to call it and then when he passed away when I was 15 I was kind of trying to do the right things and everything but um I don't know. I was uh, I wasn't really a Christian. I, I don't guess. I mean, I was. I believed in the Lord, but I wasn't walking with them. And right. I remember I had a friend who called me AD, and he said, "Hey, um, 
you know, if you want to, he said, rededicate, because I mean, I'd already told him I had been a Christian, you know, he said, but if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, you should come to Potter's house this Sunday. And so um, I went and I remember when TD Jakes gave the altar call to, to get saved. It was like, I like ran down the front, like as if I was like on the prices, right. Or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I literally felt like heaven's gates were opening. Like it was the craziest feeling. So I can never really describe it, man. It was like, man. I was like welcomed into this family and, you know, I prayed the sinner's prayer and then they got you up on the stage and they like, and you know, you could never imagine this happening at Potter's house now as big as they are, but they got you up on the stage and asked you like, why are you here? And why did you want to dedicate your life to the Lord? Or why did you want to be saved and all this? I don't even remember what I said. I just remember hmm. after that, I had this hunger for God that wasn't there before. You know, I started going to youth group and I started going here and I ended up going to CFNI for a while. But then. Oh, okay. So you were 15 whenever you got saved? I think I was like 17, actually. 17. Okay. Time. So at Potter's yeah. house. So do you think at that point you actually got born again? Yes. Okay. And um, I had been baptized. And yeah, I went to Steph and I for a little bit, but the culture there, and this is nothing against like uh, Ray Comfort or anything, but like, just to use an example, the culture there was very, like, if you watch Ray Comfort videos, like, well, have you ever sinned? Have you ever cussed? Have you ever this? Have you ever that? The people that I got involved with, but the culture is Steph and I with the people involved with and the little clicks, you know, there's always little clicks. Yeah, there's always little clicks and little foundational. Um, yeah, you know, there's thousands of people there, but you can get involved with the Calvinists or the you know yeah, the Reformation. Calvinist, law, Pharisee uh, type dude. I yeah. would say like, yeah, I looked at porn last week, and they'd be like, oh wow, you know, you're going to hell. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, so, straight to hell. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then and then and then they'd be like, but I looked last week you know and i'm good because me and god talked about it and i love being corrected by the lord so like and i got that same from some of the youth members at potter's house and i just got discouraged man i felt like dude i'm trying to do the right thing i'm coming out of this like game banging thing i lost my dad i don't you know i mean i i dedicated my life to the lord and then of course sex was a big thing i was always you know like trying to fill the god-sized hole that i mean even though i know i I know i knew the lord i mean i convicted about it every time but i go off and just do stuff anyway you know what i mean i'll sleep with this girl and sleep with that girl and sleep with this girl sleep with that girl you know what i mean and and then i feel bad and then repent and then try to come back to the lord and whatever and then when you've got this when you don't understand grace you start the devil will come around after you sin and say wow look what you just did uh first he comes around and he says hey you should sleep with that girl right and as the then tempter you, yeah and then you go no i don't want to sleep with her i need to follow the lord or whatever and he says right. well look it's not that big a big deal you can just sleep with her you know yeah of course you know god will understand like it's not that big of a deal you know i mean she wants you i mean you know hey maybe you she'll end up being your wife you know what i mean he starts trying to argue <laughs> he, he starts trying to argue with you out of like this like Biblical religious Christians, yeah perspective <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know, hey maybe you'll be your wife i mean you could miss and you know you uh if you sleep with her now i mean technically you're joining two flesh to one i mean i'm serious oh, yeah. on that going on in my head like 
you know, and I had like this, one of my, you know, people that I knew when they were into polygamy. So I'd be thinking, well, maybe it's one of my wives, you know what I'm saying? Like I had this crazy oh, stuff. Wow. So then I put it in my head, in the back of my mind, I knew the truth. I'm like, I right. shouldn't do this. Yeah. Leave it there. And then I'd feel like, oh my God, I'm going to hell. <laughs> and I see like, you know, 1134 on the clock, you know, you, you went through this type of stuff, right? And then, well, and for the, the younger generation, um, digital, uh, whenever you turn over the clock, if you have a digital clock, it's 1134 spells out hell. Yeah. And I just so, see it every, where they got yeah. every time that it turned 1134, my brain got programmed to look at the clock. You know what I mean? I, I'd go to the restaurant and get food. Your total is 1134 or 666 or something. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I'm, like in my head thinking no man I'm, I'm damned and whatever and and also i had ran across you talked about this false uh doctrines uh there's a book that was widely uh, believed in the early church to be of divine inspiration the book of clement i believe is what it's called or hermes clement hermes anyway it's written by one of these saints and in it it said if a christian is uh baptized and then they sent afterwards if they sent often then they're done right and so i remember when i you know god's not going to forgive them anymore and i remember when i came across that i was like well man i've sinned since baptism you know and i know i've sinned more than once like you know and then and then i read hebrews 10 26 and hebrews 6 4 where it says you know if, if we sin after we have the knowledge of the truth you know then there's no more sacrifice for sin and so all these, and then you read about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit being an unforgivable sin. And so, okay, so how old were you when you were reading this book or getting this information? Like 19. And, um, okay. And I've been walking with the Lord a while, but then I started really, really getting hungry for God. So I started digging deep. And as I was digging deep, because I really wanted to hear from the Lord, I wanted that. The one thing is, I got saved, but I didn't really have much of a relationship with God. Oh, you, know? you know, uh, like, all right, I know I need to follow you now. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't know how to hear his voice very well, you know? Right. And so I was digging in the word to try to hear his voice and, and praying and doing the things that I thought a good Christian ought to do. The problem is, is whenever you're um, reading a lot of this stuff and, and, you're, and you're digging deep, you know, without proper oversight and, and, and context and understanding hermeneutics and all of this, right. you can end up building these uh doctrines or or constructing these doctrines in your head that seem to be biblically accurate but they don't paint the big picture it's kind of like you know people see those scripture jesus wept and then they create a whole doctrine off of it it's a little bit extreme of a stuff of a an example but well paul, you know, ta the, paul talks to timothy in chapter four verse one about these doctrines of demons so the main thing with this doctrines of demons is they want to first convince you to do something wrong, then dissuade you from, from following God. But then if you do still persist through that and you, and you, and you have enough fortitude to want to push through and study the word and read the word and whatever, then, then they want to sow confusion on what it is that you're, that you're reading. Right. And try to, make you think that you're the worst person in the world right and so that you will give up right because if satan can't have your soul then he at least wants to make you ineffective for god to where you have no effect on anybody or anything around you and you and i know 
you end up when you get into those states you can end up backsliding so much that you are pretty much indiscernible from any non-christian out there right exactly yeah. uh, you could sit next to the worst person or whatever be at the bar drinking going to the strip club doing this cussing whatever blah 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 and the next thing you know oh yeah i believe in jesus you know what i mean but i got to the point from all of that and from going through all of the depression and everything and like trying to figure this stuff out that I developed like a severe anxiety disorder and it, because I thought God had given up on me I didn't understand grace even though you know I knew that Jesus died on the cross for my sins I felt like well if I sinned after I was a Christian and I had sinned so many times or whatever he was just going to give up on me and so then once I felt like God had given up on me, I had a nervous breakdown. I ended up in the hospital, which you came and visited me there, by the way. But um, And how old were you then? Uh, let's see, how old was I then? Like 25 or something? Like 25, yeah. Something like that. And, okay. uh, yeah, and... So you were 25, and that's whenever I had just met you at the church where I was uh, a pastor at? Met a little bit before that. I think I was like 23 when we met, but I was 25 okay. when I had this nervous breakdown, you know, because I was not, you know, I was, I, I, and, and right before we met, I had kind of backslid and gotten back into secular music and I was really pushing that and whatever. And I got jumped at a, at a club while I was pushing secular music, which Crazily enough, this lady named Mina had called my grandma and said, uh, Eric, something's bad is going to happen to Eric tonight because God's trying to get his attention. Well, I was headed Ooh. right back down like path. And wow. lo and behold, something bad did happen. And she told my grandmother, hey, Eric's been smoking weed and all this. And like, I never told my grandmother I smoked weed like God straight up ratted me out to my <laughs> grandma. And so uh, he'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, he will sometimes. But it was Lovingly. all true yeah it was all true you know and then so after i got jumped i was like oh my god and this lady told me you need to rededicate your life to the lord the lord's giving you another shot and i was like well all right so i went back to church and that's when i met you and you know it's funny i remember the first day that i met you i was in church i hadn't been in church in years and um you like walked up to me and like put your hand on my shoulder or something and immediately the stuff you started praying for me was like you know, Lord, I just thank you that this is your son and he really is your son. Something along those lines. It was like confirmation to me right. that God was, hey, I'm still with you, you know, and um, just praying by the spirit prophetically. And... Yeah. Yeah. Praying what the Lord led you to, to pray. But right. anyway, man, with this, you know, I had these questions, man. The one thing I will say about me and to give myself some credit i guess here that i think i think it's something that god likes about me is that i've always been like a really hard seeker of truth so like the thing is is i wasn't going to accept a fluffed down answer or a soft answer to these hard questions that i had because i was like well look these these scriptures right here say this right and they say if i sin willfully after the knowledge of the truth there's no more sacrifice for sins and they say if i did this then god isn't going to forgive me so I would go to like Pastor Bill, for example. I mean, you know, Pastor Bill, and I'd say, Pastor Bill, like explain this scripture to me. And because he didn't really know theology very, very well. He was a former music minister. Sure. He would say, yeah. he'd say, well, well, go rip those pages out of your Bible. You know what I mean? You'll be all right. And just, you know, keep serving. And I'm like, you know, and that it's kind of funny 
but I love that response from him because it's so true. Like the Bible interprets the Bible. So if that wasn't in there anymore, then the rest of the Bible should still make sense. Right. So that it's really powerful. A lot of people want to argue from just one scripture. Okay, well, let's take that out. Now what's your argument? If they don't have one, that's a huge problem. Well, what I said to him when he said that, I'll never forget what I said. He said, well, just take those pages out of your Bible. And I said, well, the original copy is still in heaven, so I need to understand what it means. Right. You know, And that's good, yeah. And, you know, it's always had like a reverence for God's word. And so anyway, after I went through this nervous breakdown situation, I went through a little period where like I didn't even want to talk about God because I, I thought God had given up on me. I was going through a divorce. I met Lauren and Lauren had no clue. I even really had any belief in God, like because I just that was how little I talked about it. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. So, OK, yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I mean, she go, do you believe in God? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's about all I wanted to say, though, because I was trying to, like, keep God out of sight and out of mind because I thought he had, like, given up on me. Well, one night, this lady, uh, Debbie Shannon, calls me up and says, hey, um, felt like I wanted to, God wanted me to pray for you. And, like, Jeremiah 29, 11 had always been my favorite, favorite scripture. And, uh, uh, this lady I grew up in church with, she's like just such an amazing lady of God. And she said, I, you know, I want to pray for you. And I literally muted my phone and I said, God, if you're still with me and like, you know, then, then I want you to tell her to quote Jeremiah 29, 11 to me and whatever. And so I unmuted the phone. I said, all right, fine. We can pray. So we prayed. we get done praying. She goes, you know, Eric, I don't know why, but I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you this. And then she quotes Jeremiah 29, 11, you know? Wow. That's when I said, okay. And you know, it's like a funny, I've gone through all these periods like this where I get close to the Lord backslide, but it was always the root of the backslide. It was always that I felt unworthy. It was always that I didn't understand grace. And so I really had to fall to the point where I was almost unrecognizable as a Christian. And then like, listen to some stuff like by Joseph Prince and that. And like, there was a book actually that I found during this time called God's Cure for Anxious Care. And I read that hmm. book after I read that book, that book was talking about, it said, we're not saved by holding on to the shepherd's hand, but we're saved by being held in the shepherd's hand. Right. That's good. Yeah. And, Cause it's not our efforts that, that cause us to be saved. Right. And after I read this book and I really understood what grace meant, that's like whenever I, like you told me, like I came over to your house and you said I had like this fire in my eyes, like, Jesus was talking through me too, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, now I remember, yeah. Yeah, because it was like I finally understood at least, you know, it's, it's there's still like, you know, it's funny, man, these these things, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if somebody punched you in the jaw, you used this illustration the other day, you know, even if they stop punching you in the jaw, there's still pain there. Maybe your jaw's fractured, it's got to heal. There's still been a lot of healing that I've been, ha- I've had to go through and take part in and cooperate with God because that's one of the worst doctrines that the devil or contracts that the devil can make with you to kind of play off of the, the book, right? Is that this contract of condemnation that, Hey, you've screwed up too much. You said, especially since you've been a Christian. So you're really not a Christian and you're really not saved. And even if you once were, you're not anymore and you should just give up and you should just walk away from God. But, but wow. Jesus says, Jesus says, no, you know, I died on the cross for your sins. If you fall, come to me, I'll pick you back up. Like the word says, though, a righteous man falls 70 times, 
picks himself back up. And, you know, I was so technical with this stuff that I was like, well, the Bible says to forgive your brother 70 times seven. So I'm like, well, that's 490. So I'm like, well, I've sinned at least 491 times. So like in my mind, I'm like, well, I was done on the 491th time. Right. You know what I mean? So I had to. That's crazy because it's the contract of condemnation is so complex. It takes one little lie to come in. And then once you allow that in, you say, okay, I agree with that. I'm going to accept that. You are just done for in every other area in your walk with God. Yeah. And it's the worst. I can tell you this, man, the devil can get you to such a place of fear because I was the most fearful person I've ever known. And you know, it's funny. You take a person like me who I used to, you know, I grew up doing martial arts. I loved to fight. Like when I was growing up, I like, you know, did all this crazy stuff as far as gangs and all these things that, that are pretty risky and whatever. Right. So I wasn't generally a fearful person, I would say, but this fear that God had given up on me and that I was going to spend eternity in hell because of it was so strong that it just dominated every area of my life. You know what I mean? All day long, every day, I felt like the freaking ground was going to fall out from under me, you know? Yeah. And I remember um, during this time period, you wrestling with this doctrine. I remember you had such uncertainty about God talking to you or being with you or loving you or anything that every time I pray for him, like I would the first time when I prayed for him, where I was like, oh, you know, you're God's son, this and that, just bringing him confirmation. He would he would always be like, are you sure that was God? Because I don't even know if that was God. And I'm and you're always so confused if I said anything like, hey, the Lord's oh, telling yeah. me this. And you would just oh, be yes. like, I don't think that's God. And I'm not sure. And I would just be like, yeah, it is. But there was no way I could convince you on anything. You were just no. shutting God out completely. I would, I would I would I would accept it. But then I would start thinking like, well, was that really? And does that line up with all this? And that what actually about that reminds me of when Jesus said the sower comes to, to sow and the word of God is what I was giving you. You would yeah. accept it for like five seconds, and then the sun yeah. or the birds would snatch. It. I actually told you that. Well, one a, be- time. a better, a better, a better illustration for that is the weeds, because it's the weeds are like the worry. The worry is to choke right. out. It did choke it out. I mean, you're yeah, you're that, you would have a spurt of five minutes of joy, and that would be it. Yeah, that you're right, and then I'd be right back to needing another word and then needing another word. Yep. I just had to come to understood grace and like. One of the things that helped me understand grace besides that book was listening to Joseph Prince, like Joseph Prince's teachings on grace are really good, you know, not to promote Joseph Prince necessarily. But. Well, and, and um, I wanted to say, you know, um, the book came burst out of this time that I was ministering to you and I couldn't get through and I would be even on the phone and three way with your grandma. We're both like prophetically just talking to you like directly from the throne room and then I, you just like it would just be nothing and i remember saying you've got to break that devil's contract and yeah those did. words you know those came back to me god brought those back to me right during the whole COVID thing in 2020 and that's the name of the book breaking the devil's contract and he was talking about yeah. breaking the contract of condemnation and it's strong because yeah. once you're under a contract, you can be taken to court. You can be thrown in jail. I mean, right. it is severe. 
Well, it has to do with our beliefs, man. And, you know, the word says that, you know, whosoever believes in the Lord should be saved. And I believe in the Lord, but, and I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and all this, but I just had the hardest time, like, can't understand the things of God intellectually. And I was trying to, you know, so it was like the carnal mind is enmity against God. So we can't grasp spiritual things with our carnal mind though we I, I was trying to i was trying to figure out the you know god's design with my puny brain <laughs> compared yeah. to his majesty right and eventually you got to take the trust ball and just go okay lord i believe you love me and and you know the thing is is god had to show me i mean there's so many like really cool stories i could tell like the different ways that god showed me I'm still with you. And it took like him doing that over and over and over and over for me to oh, finally yeah, go like, was, there was a billion, con- I would call you up and you'd be like, Oh man, that was a God thing. And I'll tell you this. And I remember one time, I think you were at your aunt's house or something. You were on a swing in the backyard and I gave you a word and you were just like, man, my aunt just told me that, or your grandma just called you. Like God was just trying to yeah. constantly rescue you. Yeah. There's been countless incidents like that, man. And oh, you know, yeah. it, um, that book that I was talking about, the uh, the one that was cure, God's Cure for Anxious Care, because I've been going through anxiety, anxiety for years, and I still have it to a degree, but not like I did. I mean, I would have seven or eight panic attacks a day, and, and my heart rate would get up to like 200 beats a minute. I mean, oh, like, wow, I was freaking out, man, because what is, what is scarier? Is there a scarier thought than no, <clears> God, God is done with me, and he's going to send me to hell, but I love God, and I want to seek him. But I feel like I'm shut out. There's it causes nothing. the worst depression, and then the next day anxiety. You know, it's just like there's uh, nothing. Anyway, so there's got a house full of kids over there, which is you know, which is fine. But um, you know, just talking about you. this with your with the grace. Uh, oh, so that book that I was telling you about, I was at a bookstore. It was called the Arnington Pregnancy Center. Actually, they have a book section, but it's like a Christian ministry that helps women not to have abortions. But I walked over to the book section and I remember like telling God, there's a scripture that says like, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people or something. And I remember telling God, like, you know, I need a book that has like something to do with that scripture because I need some comfort right now. I literally tell God this. I reach up to the bookshelf and I grab this book and I pull it out and I look on the back of the book and it says, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. And then it says, like, if you're a Christian and you feel like you've been condemned or you feel like you've lost hope or if you know a Christian who feels like God's given up on them, give this book to them. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And I put the book over and it's called God's Cure for Anxious Care. And, and then I on? read, oh, man, I don't even I remember you could look it up though definitely god's cure for anxious care it's like okay a little... so yeah i just want to encourage everybody listening you know because you've brought that up a lot and i had never even heard of it and so um yeah that's that's definitely something that people need to read it, it, besides your book yeah which is a great book but this is a short little book it's for if, if, if you struggle with anxiety or feeling like god's given up on me or something man because like i remember one of the coolest parts in there was talking about like even if you just sinned you know what i mean and yeah. even if you did this like you gotta understand this is how much the guy just just wrote it in a beautiful way and after i read it and i and it resonated with me like i was like i know this is the truth i remember just being like wow i have just been putting myself through torture for like this last 
Okay, so what what was the what was the main truth in that in that book or how he wrote it that set you free? You know, I'm trying to see. I think it might be right here over by my bed. If it is, then I'm gonna. But it's not. Uh, It says you said it's God's care for what anxious people. God's cure for anxious care. Yeah, but the main thing was that I remember that the main one that that I that I. The, the, the sentence that stood out to me was that he, he, he used scripture with everything but you know of course he was talking about there's no condemnation of those in Christ and all this but he was talking about perseverance right and he said that we're not saved by holding on to the Savior's hand but I already said this but by being held in the Savior's hand and he used this this illustration you know about how you know um, our salvation is not contingent on what we do you know, it's all about what God did, you know, and Take, even taking the did. responsibility off of us. And that's yeah, man, like taking the burden off of me, because like, it's not about my works. It's not about what I did. It's not about who I am. And I tell my kids this, and sometimes you're kind of like scared to tell your kids these kind of things. It's a great truth. But you're like, you know, hey, it's not what you did. And it's not what you do. It's all about the fact that you believe in Christ. You accept him as your savior. And then you understand that he loves you and then you try to walk it out. And then when you mess up, you ask him for forgiveness, but you pick yourself right back up and you just keep on walking and you don't look at that. You don't sit there and feel guilty over it and, 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 and uh, concentrate on it and beat yourself over it and up over it and bash your head in the wall. Cause you screwed up and all this, like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I talk about that in my book, actually, that, you know, I would get so bad whenever I would sin sometimes that, I would allow the devil to beat me up for two, three, four days up to a week. Right. And, and really tell me what how doing, bad I was. Yeah. And really what you're doing is you're being like those dudes and like the, the, uh, they go on these spiritual journeys and they take like a cat of nine tails or a whip or something. And they like go beat themselves for like yeah. a week. And they think they're like super spiritual for this. So they're just beating themselves. Right. And it's like, no, you're not real. You're not super spiritual for that. You're not super spiritual because you fasted for 25 days. You're not super spiritual right. because, because you put anointing oil on your head. You're not super spiritual because you you went and you witnessed to 50 people or you gave right. so much to the church. You did this or you like none of that. Matt, it matters. Yes, God wants you to do those things, but will not beat yourself. But God wants you to do good works, but. Not None in a religious that. way or putting the cart before the horse. Your, your works are filthy rags, right? And when you look at what that, that I mean, you know, what that means, it's like, it's like the equivalent to like a maxi pad. Like that's what yeah, you're working. Um, I, I want to tell you something real quick. The Holy Spirit was talking to me about the other day. You know, the Bible says that uh, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Right. So now the devil's beat me up with that before. Oh, you don't love God. You know what I'm saying? Because you're I've been not. Do before, and I've even like uh, I've even kind of questioned my own theology on grace whenever I've read that. Because I'm like, well, okay. And there's, there's two observations though. The first one that God was talking to me about is um, His commandments are not the Ten Commandments. He has two commandments, which is love your love. neighbor as yourself, and then love God with all your you know heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right. Yeah, so love is the fulfillment of the law. Yeah. Right. And so, but in, in this though, that the only way we can Jesus said, if you love me, 
you'll keep my commandments. Well, how do we love God? We don't do it in deed. Jesus said the true worshipers will worship me in spirit and, and in truth. truth, not in works. Right. So he was talking to me about getting into his presence and getting filled with the spirit, which is Galatians 5, 22, 23, the fruits of the spirit. And then you'll have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control, right? You can't have self-control against sin if you are not filled with the spirit of God. So the only way to keep God's commandments is to be filled with the spirit. And the only way to do that is to be loving on him. So he can constantly be flowing through you. So it was just What's, a deep revelation like, that goes along like with what you're saying. That's good. Yeah, it's kind of like if, uh, you know, you go, well, gee, I love God. But then at the same time, you're like so scared of him that you think he's going to like hit you over the head with a lightning rod. Like, <laughs> I remember I had, I had the hardest time with that back then. So I'd be like, well, how am I supposed to love God? Because I don't feel like he, I mean, I know he died on the cross for me. Obviously he loved, but I would be thinking past tense. Like, obviously he loved me, but does he still love me? And how am I supposed to really love him if I don't feel like he loves me? And it's funny, like once you really, under, the, the thing that like I used to be addicted to pornography after I was saved, you know, and, I, and, and um, the thing that made me actually be able to quit that was when I understood that he wasn't going to send me to hell over it if I did do it. You know what I mean? It was like right. once I understood that like, okay, this is not good, but God still loves me when I do this then even while I'm doing it, he still loves me. That was another thing in that book. He said, God still even loves you in the middle of right when you're sinning, his love hadn't changed for you. Like one iota, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause uh, like in first John, it says that before we, while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Right. And so that's, then that's before we even got saved. And so after we get yeah, saved, yeah. we can't be any better for him to love us more. You know, that's right. Like we're, Oh look, you're good now. You're good enough now. But <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> but um I remember like once I had discovered that, right? I was like, well, now it's easy to not want for me. I was like, right. now it's easy to to not look at this stuff or be addicted to it or whatever it and so I actually stopped. It's funny, I I, I told Lauren this and she's told me that this is one of the most valuable things I've ever told her. And she says that like almost every couple of months or something that what I told her in this becomes deeper to her. So maybe this will help somebody else. So Lauren was like talking to me about things she was struggling with and stuff at one point. And I told her, stop trying, you know? And uh, I said, like, stop trying to not do whatever it is or defeat it. Just quit trying. And she was like, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. And I was like, yeah, you just have to like go. And I said, as a matter of fact, don't even like tell God you're not going to do it anymore or don't like, you know, make these promises because you're setting yourself up for failure because the devil wants to go like, hey, look what you did. And then you go to God and you go, oh, God, I'm never going to look at this porno ever again. I'm so, so sorry. You make these promises. And then five minutes later, you're back on Google screwing up because you feel so terrible about yourself and you're trying to relieve your your guilt but whenever you stop trying and you let go and you know that god loves you and you just go god still loves me 
it's kind of like that whole let go and let God thing. You know what I mean? I used to have the hardest time understanding that phrase, let go and let God, I'm like, like, whatever I'm trying to let go. Like, how do I let go? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what am I letting go of? You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, like, and, letting go of my responsibility to do better. What do you mean? You know, like, yeah, I've gotta, yeah, I've got to know. I've got to hold on tighter. That phrase used, yeah. That phrase used to drive me nuts. Let go and let God like, but like I would go, well, okay let, let go of what you know what i mean and so i told her i said you know stop trying you know like just go like okay you know i did that but that's not who i am you know what i mean and then go to god and say hey i'm sorry that i did that help me not to and then just move on with your day as if it never happened because the word says we're justified by faith right and justified you've heard this play on words but it's like just as if i'd never sinned right so if if god has justified me and put me in right relationship with me with him and he's looking at me as if i'd never sinned and then i mess up well who am i to sit here and like hold that over my own head if god's not holding it over our, our head that's like he said he separated our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west i heard a pastor a long time ago say have you ever thought about this like if i go where we live on a round you know globe i mean unless you're a flat earther right and i start walking hmm. to the east right and i keep going east as i circle the earth I'm still going east, no matter what, no matter how far I go, I'm still going east because I'm headed in that direction, east, 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 right? Yeah. So he separated our transactions as far as the east is from the west. Like, they don't touch, you know what I mean? They're they're completely <laughs> diametrically opposed directions, you know? So it's that like the other scriptures through them in a sea, sea of forgetfulness. You know, I had a friend, Jason, who told me that – um there was a scripture he, he had really cared about this. There's like something about those who only those with a pure hand, pure hands and a clean heart will, will see God. Right. And right. this prophet had came to his church and he said, he didn't really believe in prophecy really. And then he said that, you know, this guy walked up to him and the first thing he says is pure hands and a clean heart. Right. And all this. And, um, and, uh, that the prophet told him that he had been talking to God about this very subject. And the prophet told him like, the only reason I still remember what he was addicted to porn too. So the only thing, the only reason I remember what you did with porn is like, you keep reminding me, you know? Wow. And, and, uh, so he, he got a deeper revelation of this, you know, that like whenever we're under grace and we go to God with something, we take it to him, we confess it. That's it. Right. That's why it says, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, right? So he goes even further than forgiving us, cleans us all back up again, and, and we're, we're good and, to go. Yeah, and the other side of that coin is we can't just go out and sin and just be like, oh, God, forgive me, my bad, amen, you know, and then go and just do whatever that same day again and just keep doing it, right? right? Because the Bible says that if we're if we hear the word but we don't do it then we deceive mm -hmm. ourselves and so we well, you can be can, walking in a spirit of deception what was that you can definitely get into a pattern where you where you do that and i mean if you're doing that i know i've done it and i've done it not so purposely but like yeah, i know you've experienced stuff like that too where you go well 
I'm not going to do this. And then 10 minutes later, you're doing it and you find yourself in this pattern or even maybe it becomes a lifestyle. But even at that point, like your hope is not lost. But what God is wanting you to do is actually come to true repentance, right? You know, on that, you know. Right, and, and so, that's, a, that's a big deal because confession is one thing and then repentance is another whenever we confess our sins to God, we're saying, okay, God, I acknowledge that I messed up. I, repentance I and repentance is turning from that. And yeah, from, from the Greek word, uh, the metanoia, which means a change of mind, you know? Right. Um, it's like, <laughs> I changed my mind about that. That's something Joseph Prince helped me understand, though, really well, was like, he was saying, hey, doesn't mean you have to go to God and like say, hey, I'm never going to do this again or whatever. More like, like, Hey, I changed my mind about this. I no longer see this as an acceptable behavior. Like I, I'm putting my thoughts in alignment with your word. I, I'm going to see this in the way you see it. Like I'm going to hate it, you know, and go like, okay, I'm coming into agreement with you on this. And, you know, I just, I changed my mind about it. I don't want to be that person anymore. And they let him work on you to change it. You know what I mean? As opposed to like trying to, work the evil desire out of your heart because your flesh is evil it's just no matter what you do you're not going to just get rid of the desire to screw up you know you got to no, let god desire, take that out yeah it'll fade over time but i was just trying to clarify grace versus you know repetitive sin there's there's two different things there um heard from this one person before whenever you do something wrong how long is long enough for you to beat yourself up over it before that's acceptable you know for you to you know what i'm saying like what how long is it a day an hour 30 minutes a week a year mm -hmm. you know like there is no acceptable time that's all up to us and so I, what i was trying to clarify is like if you do something wrong just be like you know five minutes later like okay i'm done i'm good i don't have to have no more guilt or no more shame or no more no like we need to realize okay hey this is a problem for me i need to uh you know the bible says hey we have a whole suit of armor right we're supposed right. to fight against these temptations and we need to do that in god's power otherwise we're going to be unsuccessful <laughs> we're just going to fall right back well, into it for, for me though this kind of the at least for me, I don't know. I guess dude, God walks works there but in different ways. But for me, it was almost like the harder I tried to fight, and this is what I meant to Lauren by don't try. The harder I tried to fight against said temptation, whatever it was, the more I would find myself doing it. Like and I was really genuinely trying to fight against it, right? But then it's almost like with an anxiety attack, right? You try to, you have an anxiety attack, you feel this like fear coming on and then you try to fight the fear. It releases more fight or flight hormones and your body goes into a deeper state of panic, right? Yeah, you have and to relax so, in order for it to go away. Yeah, so like with the, with the, um, I, I used to have these thoughts, like you've committed the unpardonable sin because you thought this, um, you know, or whatever about the Holy Spirit, the Holy, you had this, this thought, right. Or whatever. But, and the more I thought about, did I do that or whatever, the more powerful it got. Right. So eventually like with porn, with different struggles that I've, that I've dealt with, whenever I finally kind of said, you know what, I'm not going to even think about that. Like it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. Then right. all of a sudden loses grip on me because i quit trying i quit wrestling with it 
and and that's like what the word says bring every thought into the obedience of the cap you know or into captivity of the obedience of jesus christ like if we just take our mind off of not be so sin conscious take our mind off of ourselves and put it on christ and what he did like all of a sudden these things become easy it comes, it comes easy to obey and yeah i don't think repetitive sin is good or acceptable or whatever but be, most likely if you're a christian you're going to go through a period where you have this yeah and repetitive. i want to i want to agree with you at, uh, at the same time you know um for our listeners whenever we're fighting you know the bible says if we're if we're full of the spirit then mm -hmm. we won't we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh no because so, you're too you're yeah, so yeah. It, you know there is a point in time where you can get like like Neo, when at the end of the Matrix Part One, the bullets are flying at him. He just says no, you know he doesn't resist. He doesn't try to fight it no more. He just says, "I know who I am now, and I don't have to do this. I don't have to die. This doesn't have to work on me." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So oh, that, that revelation, that's one. That man is so strong. You know, I loved that because he said, "No, that's it. I'm done with this. You're, you're, you're not my authority. I don't submit to you anymore." Yeah. You can and pick, um, <laughs> you, you pick the fiery darts out of the air and just kind of throwing the bullets right and go, eh, and look at it, and go, well, hmm, I see that attack. Yeah, that. Ain't so gonna I, work. yeah, so I mean, I agree with you. Uh, the the best way isn't to be like, "Are you could have, are you have, are you like all day long." No, that's that's un really unfruitful. Um, for me, I've found that the more full of the spirit I get, you know, the Bible says in James four seven, right, submit to God. Mm -hmm. then resist the devil and then he will flee from you if we right. just resist the devil we're out of there so you know when you submit to god that's a to resist me it's kind of like those dudes that were trying to cast out demons and they didn't know the lord and then he said well hey i know who jesus is and i know who paul is but we don't know who are you and then they beat him up right because yeah. those dudes were just going straight to the resistance the devil part they weren't they weren't submitted to god you know it's like they, they didn't have any authority it's like a lot of times people think that not that the name of jesus is not powerful it is very powerful but a lot of the times people think like it's the the name itself jesus okay like there's a lot of like you know people named that you know in the world you know what i mean it's what not you're, like what it, you're about to say is is gonna sound blasphemous but i hear what you're saying it's our yeah. belief in that name it doesn't matter if well, it's Yeshua or Yah or Jesus or Jesus or whatever language you speak. It's the authority right. that you have been given. That I was, you're using. Where I was going with it was this, like, it's kind of like if you get pulled over, right? You know, you hear like the stop in the name of the law or in the name of love or in the name of whatever it is, right? Right. It's not that it's not the name of uh, the Dallas Police Department, you know, that that has authority it's it's the the badge and the law and the governance that backs that up right so exactly. whenever you're right. when you're saying hey i rebuke you in the name of jesus it's through his through jesus's authority you're adopting jesus's actual authority you're borrowing that authority from jesus himself right as a representative as an ambassador oh right yeah and hey, it's, it's real simple i'm here they uh yeah. the demons they know what authority you're using you know it doesn't matter yep. what word you're saying you don't even have to say the name of jesus for the most part they know that you're right. full of jesus and that you're not going to try to do it on any other uh, authority except for jesus 
Now, of course, I say Jesus right. every two seconds if I'm dealing with the enemy. It doesn't you know? It doesn't matter. Just just to remind me. But well, he don't like it. I can tell you. I know he doesn't like <laughs> no, it. He doesn't. No, not at all. I, um, I, I, I when I was rebuking a demon off someone, I started telling it, "Hey, it wouldn't leave." And then I started telling it, "I remind you of the." fiery chains of hell that await you and how you're going to be in torment and this and that and the other and like yeah and i can uh kind of bear witness to that because i was there um <laughs> yeah and uh yeah it didn't like that too much um we're talking oh, about oh, uh, i don't like that <laughs> so like just like that funny what's that thing with the devil remind you about your past remind him about his future you yeah know? and i didn't like whenever you were doing that i didn't even think like I didn't think much about it, but it was the reaction of that demon. I was just like, oh, wow, that really got to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, they they know, and they're mad, you know? Yeah, they, they're, they are PO'd, and they know their time is short. When you start reminding them about that, they become then, that now you're doing to them what they try to do with you to you. Ooh, with yeah, that that's good. I like that. Because then you're going, hey, guess because the fact is though they know it's true. It's not no wiggle room out of it. They have they do have no hope. They do have no future. They do have no way to be redeemed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you go, hey, uh, your time is short and I know you're angry, you're gonna burn forever and you need to leave me and my family alone. They're like, Well, you know what? Maybe I need to find another target because this guy is really annoying. <laughs> 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 so the demons get really mad and i know that um you know but we have to keep resisting them so that's a situation where we do have to be adamant and we do yeah. have to keep fighting we have to press in and the more we feel like we might not be getting anywhere the more we need to press in um you know yeah. so yeah every situation oh. is different but yeah, and you know. so just to just to let everybody know, there was a demon possession that I I uh, asked Eric to come with me to. We did successfully cast a demon out of uh, a woman, and that's what we're referring to. And we'll get into that another time. But yeah, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, but that's what the devil does to us is this contract of condemnation. And I'll tell you what, man, because I went through that for so long. It's like God had showed me that through dealing with a, a situation with a family member that was, you know, being oppressed was that whenever I reminded the enemy of, you know, what he, what awaited him, he was like, I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Right. And so, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Right. So yeah, when the devil. They are. The devil tries to come around you and say, hey, you're not a good Christian. You're not a good this. You're not a good that. You go, hey, look, well, you, you're not a good angel, buddy. You know what I mean? You fell. And, you know, <laughs> uh, you're actually, you actually are irredeemable. So why don't you, you know, you're worthless, you know? And so. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. And it's, and it's funny. But, I mean, I kind of treat it like how Jesus did. He's yeah. like, he's like, shut up and come out of them. You know what I'm saying? Whenever these demons come around me, I just, I don't even argue with them. It's like a troll online that you're dealing with. You can right. just spin your wheels, man. And you can waste time and be exhausted. And I'm just like, no, shut up, come out, you know, or shut up and get away or shut up and go back to the pit of hell. So I, 
I try to shut them down, but I know what you're saying. It's hilarious. Yeah. Because it's well, their I mean, tactics being we used on them. When we were first trying to cast that demon out of that lady, I mean, the first thing that she's trying to say is, you're a bunch of losers. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to kill you, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was, I, I kind of hard you, to stay away from that story. Um, yeah. I remember you were like, well, is that the best you got? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Like I've done so many things in my life. That's all you got. I was like, okay, well, um, hmm. <laughs> the best you can come up with is loser. Like, all right. Uh, but like the Bible says, we're, you know, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus that walk in the spirit and not according to the flesh. Because when I'll we be walk honest. in the flesh, we give those demons power and the devil to condemn us. Yeah, I'll be honest when we went to that situation, because like I knew that lady was for real deal possessment like we walked in her eyes were black i've never seen anybody like that oh no me neither yeah Um, and i kept on thinking like the story okay here we go this devil's gonna like bring up some stuff like you know what i know what you did yesterday and whatever and blah 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 blah. but now that i think about it what i know is because i that didn't happen and i think the reason that it doesn't happen is because what we have to realize going back to this contract to condemnation is that when something is under the blood, right, it's really under the blood. And if God's forgot about it, the devil sure doesn't have any knowledge of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so true. that gave me chills. Like that's an anointed statement right there. Well, so say it again. Say it again. Yeah. So if God doesn't have any knowledge of it because you've repented of it, the devil sure doesn't have any knowledge of it. Amen. So I, I've heard stories like that before where uh, you, there, you uh, are revival. being yeah you're beating yourself up that's what's happening it's not the devil that you have taken the devil's job over for him and said hold up hand me the pitchfork or whatever hand me the whip and just beat your own self up the whole time you know what i mean and and so my my daily devotional today is lining up with exactly what we're talking about it says conviction is meant to convince you not to condemn you yeah there's a big difference you know it's funny i was talking to my daughter about this last night i won't go into too many details but i was telling her like look you know there's no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus so even if you do things that you're not proud of and stuff you know like what you need to do is go back and study the word and look at what a godly woman is and what this is all right and then just just strive to go towards those uh those targets you know and she she like actually stopped and looked at me she's like yeah that actually makes a lot of sense you know so i it resonated with her that's exactly right like like conviction is meant to just go you go like oh yeah that was wrong right but it's not meant for you to go and i'm a terrible horrible scumbag of a person right right it's just yeah, that was wrong. Lord, I'm sorry. I, I repent. That's not who I am or who I want to be. And so I'm going to try to walk close to you. And the solution isn't to resist the sin so much, although we do do that. We do that. Um, the, the solution is to, like what you said, and I need to do a better job of this, but the solution is to soak in God, right? We submit to that, God. That's it. Now, how many, how long? 
how many years has it been that um you know god's been working with me on daily devotionals and that i've preached that at least the last five for sure yeah and so god for the last five years god's just been really saying hey and devotionals were very important to me before that but the last five years god's just been like hey i'm i'm calling you out to the deep let's go because i need you i need you consecrated to me so i can use you whenever i want to and Mm -hmm. if you're in the world you know well you're becoming an enemy of god and god really can't use you um so we have to we have to be unspotted from the world is what uh, peter says Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, above reproach, there's just a lot there whenever you're trying to be above used reproach, God. that's for sure. And um, but we can only do that in when we're walking in the spirit, because Galatians 5 23 says against such there is no law. So you're not breaking any laws of the law of the land or the laws of the Bible if you're walking in the fruit of the spirit. So you right. are com- completely condemnation free and set free. And so the more you get set uh, filled with the spirit of God and have the fruits coming out of you, man, you're walking, talking Jesus, you know, Amen. and it's just, it's just a beautiful thing to see. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's a big passion of mine. And joy is one of the fruits of the spirit. So if your life like dry bones, and you're having, you know, mm. nothing but just like, ugh, my life sucks. Yeah. You have to just get filled with the spirit and just keep on and keep on. Sometimes you have to take, just be praising and worshiping all day long to stay in the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost and let him become your friend. Pull up a chair and be like, hey, what do you want to do? You don't listen to worship music or what do you want to do? And just, you know, walk with God. I definitely need to be better about that, but I know that that is definitely key, and and it, and it, it is, you know, I, I kind of lost my train of thought in the middle of everything you're saying there, but because it was just I was just listening, but yeah, no, um, I'm preaching, man, because that's the only way we can get rid of condemnation is to get out of our flesh and, like you were saying, stop trying. Like, come on, man! Like you've tried yeah, you long are. enough, and it's exhausting. <laughs> I think it's so funny when people like it's not funny but it is is like people i i don't want to give the devil too much credit but i also don't want to take away from just how powerful an adversary he is either right and what people fail to realize a lot of the time is that these entities that we're doing war with because it says that our warfare is not with against flesh and blood but against powers principalities rulers of darkness i mean look at those words powers principalities rulers of spiritual darkness yeah high places like these are titles that are given these things these things are in a a a a demonic royal hierarchy right? right and these are spirits that have been around for thousands of years and i saw a quote the other day it said if Satan can talk angels out of heaven, right, then he could talk you into hell. You know? He's got that silver silk tongue, so yeah. Yeah, so it's like, if we try to fight that in our own strength, right, that's why the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There it you is. Try, you try to fight against that in Come your on, own Jesus. 
this 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 entity that's been around for thousands of years and has been tricking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people before you and you have the pride to think that you're going to be able to just yeah. be a good person and i can be good Ooh. enough to get in yeah. all this Preach that. like no, bro, you can't be good enough to get into heaven you can't mm. be good enough to like your video the other day, are you a good enough person to go to heaven? And I'm like, I thought like, how do I even reply to like, no, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, so you are not going to win that war trying to fight it in your own strength. You can't, like you said to me a long time ago, which I think is one of your first sermons on this like type of subject is you can't fight the flesh in the flesh, right? Oh, yeah, and so that's true. You, you got to get in the spirit. You got to let go. You let God quit trying. Let him take over. Let him fight your battles for you because, you know, just like the Israelites had to do, I can't remember who they were fighting against, but then, you know, God literally turned them on. Who weren't they fighting against, you know? Right. But God turned them on each other and they started just slaughtering each other, you know? And yeah, so that, was, like, uh, that was the, the, the 300. Yeah. So, yeah. obviously they're outnumbered right and you know and, but but they weren't really they looked outnumbered but there's really more with them right like what you said the other day because all the angels and the and the and right so our, our warfare is not carnal but you know you gotta let go you gotta let god fight the battle for you you know because you try to fight our own battles and vindicate ourselves and do this and hey i just i deserve this i deserve that like no you don't you deserve hell death and the grave that's what you deserve you know what right. I mean? Yeah. What we don't I, we don't get what we deserve. We get forgiveness, grace, and heaven, and justification, and sanctification, and, and chance after chance after chance after chance after chance, and grace and grace and grace because God loves us. That's what we get. But what we deserve is this. So, you know, it turns into a prideful thing if you try to resist the enemy in your own strength. And that's why going back to what you said the scripture is submit to God, resist the enemy, and then he'll flee from you. Because if you miss that first part of submitting to God, and then you're trying to resist the devil in your own strength, that's like you're trying to arm wrestle, you know, a bodybuilder and you got toothpick arms. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> these well, devils have, a, they got a and, lot of practice. And I've got to, I just want to bring this up because I've run into too many people like this. And with you coming from this cult, type belief um because it was a guy who actually taught this to you i wanted to ask you about these people that say you know i haven't sinned since i got saved oh yeah those like, are funny people yeah but like how do you convince them or maybe there's some people right now listening or people are listening that know some people like that you know, I, I don't think that they understand grace and I think they're still trying to earn their salvation, but I actually, in my experience, I do believe these people are saved, believe it or not. I At least too. the ones I've met. So, I did too. And across some of those and some of those were like in the, and I, Hey, I have to say this, man, the Pentecostal circles, like a lot of those people really love God in a way that like, I could Dedic be jealous dedication. of yeah, dedication. Yeah. I mean, like, but but there there are these types that think if they, you know, if they're in church and they're sitting there thinking, man, I wish this would end five minutes sooner, then they need to go down to the altar and get saved again next week because, you know, they had this this 
thought or whatever. Oh, so, so that's, I mean, the, really... that's the opposite end of the spectrum. So, yeah. Yeah, but they're really hard on themselves. But at the same time, what I'm saying is because of that, they're so hard on themselves. And a lot of them get into this, what you're talking about. Well, I, ever since, this is, it reminds me of the rich ruler. And like when he went to Jesus, well, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus is like, well, keep all of my commandments, right? And then the dude's like, well, I've kept all of them since I've been young, right? But if you just start off with, you should have no other gods before me, right? He fails on the first one because when he asked him to walk away from the money that he had, he said, oh, no, I can't do that, right? So he says, I've kept all your commandments from the very beginning. But right at the very beginning, he's already, he doesn't yeah. see it. He he can't see it, but he's already failing the, the litmus test on commandment number one. You know what I mean? And it's, so, I just I just heard that sermon today, and um, really? yeah, and so whenever the guy he he could have sold that stuff and been a blessing to other people, right? And you know he could have used that as as honoring God, like okay, God, I'm gonna show you how much I love you. And I'm going to spread this out and, you know, and you do what you want to with it. And it could have been a blessing for him, but he saw it as a, as a hindrance, as a, oh, I'm going to be losing something. So if God's ever asking you to give up something, you're not going to be losing it. <laughs> it, it right. reminds me of that story with um, the fake pearls. You know, the, the, the guy has a daughter and um, she has these fake pearls they bought at the dollar store and, you know, she gets a little older and it's like, Hey, uh, can I have your pearls? And then the daughter's like, no, daddy, these are important. You gave these to me. I'll never give these away. And so he, he keeps asking her like once a week, Hey, can I have those pearls? And he's just waiting for her. And then finally one day she says, okay, daddy, since you're asking for them, like, I love you and I trust you and you know, I'm going to give them to you. And then eventually whenever she gives those to him, the, her, her dad says, okay, here, I have real pearls for you now. And I was just waiting for you to give those up so I could give you the real thing. And that's a story I heard 20 years ago, but God's doing to that, that to us right now. He's constantly calling us to go deeper with him. And there's so, this con contract that we have. Go ahead. So real quick to go back to that. Um, I was reminded of a story there, but I don't feel I'm not going to go on the story, but um uh to the people who go oh well i haven't sinned since i've been saved right the only thing i challenge you to do is like really examine your heart i mean go go through the 10 commandments and think about it like i mean you go okay if you, a man looks at a woman to lust after in his own heart he committed adultery with it. like go okay have you had one lustful thought since you've been saved like and if you can, if you're like, oh, no, I haven't had one lustful thought, then you probably should go see a therapist, right, and get counseling because you're crazy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you're probably like that's, you know what I mean? So if you're, if, 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 yeah, you maybe they don't know the definition of lust, you know. They you know, they should, you should not take the Lord's name in vain. Well, maybe you haven't said GD. God knows I have, I hate, I hate that word, but I've said it enough, you know, for sure. But maybe you haven't said GD, but did you ever say, oh God, man, this day is really crappy, right? And like, you're not using his name to glorify him right there. So you're, you're taking it in vain, you know what I mean? Or you know, go, well, 
you should you should have no other gods before me. All right. Well, you have you been playing, you know, too many video games? Have you been putting what have you been putting above God in your life? You know what I mean? Like it's if we go to the deeper levels of what the commandments really mean and the perfection that they really um demand of us right and jesus said you know to love the lord with all of your heart mind soul strength i mean that's everything and nobody that i've ever met is giving everything nobody yeah nobody yeah there's there's people if you have your remote control in your hand and you're watching netflix or on your phone on facebook or whatever you're taking time for yourself which is okay but you know when that scripture comes to pass you're not living lord with all your heart mind soul and strength and giving it your all like 100 100 all day long nobody's a robot nobody's perfect and no. you know and that is a con- that's a contract of condemnation as well you're like oh Let's no help. i can't mess up because i'll be condemned and no I'm, you know and you're walking this tightrope and there's no grace there there's no mercy there's yeah. no love you're walking on eggshells trying to please this God that that's going to kill you as soon as you have one bad thought. I, I won't use the name, but I'll never forget when we went to that Bible study that we went to at our church. And there was a gentleman who was like, man, I remember I had like this one bad thought 10 years ago. Right. You know? I remember. I remember. And I was like, dude, like, you're kidding me. Like, I, you're so crazy right yeah. now. You, and that atmosphere, there's some atmospheres, man, where it's a religious atmosphere and you can't open up. And so you can't say, man, I was thinking about uh, an ex-girlfriend just 10 minutes ago. What do you mean you don't have any lustful thoughts? You know what I'm saying? So right. um, <laughs> you can't you can't be fake, but there's some churches, some religious settings to where you know, you keep some people at a distance because they're keeping you at a distance. And that's just, it is what it is. You know, um, you Definitely. need fellowship. Jesus had three people he was intimate with and transformed in front of the others. He didn't, you know, so we, we have to take that advice. There's certain people God wants in our lives that, that iron sharpens iron, but other people will turn into a Judas. So you need to be careful. They'll use that against you. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were talking about the giving up stuff and um, you're giving up something for God or, or whatever, but you're not really giving it up. I mean, I, I remember my my ex, you know, um, when she was actually trying to serve the Lord, like she gave her earrings to the church, you know. And right. Yeah, I remember. And I, I remember God told me or I felt like the Lord was telling me, we'll go get her some even nicer ones. And I did. And she even gave, then she gave those away. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh yeah. Like, I forgot. That's funny. <laughs> and I was, and I was like, uh, well, Lord didn't tell me to replace those, but, uh, you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> jump right but, in the flesh. Okay. All right, God, fine. Take my money like that. Then. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah, a little but, bit of resentment, you know? Pray yeah yeah well maybe i should have replaced those two but i was like sitting there going like then you think well okay she's probably just trying to get an upgrade every week now right but but anyway no oh I, wow okay <laughs> you know like well but but my point was that you know yeah yeah god's not gonna ask you to give up something unless he's gonna replace it with something with something better really you know what i mean yeah, and it I mean, may not so, be it's so hard it's so hard to do that especially i mean it depends on what you're dealing with in your life and what your idols are you know but god's constantly challenging us and i want to encourage you because i'm talking to myself 
you know, if you need to fast, you need to spend time in worship. Like I talk about my book, um, we need to get so close to God that we are just in love with his presence to where we don't even want to get out of reading the word or out of worship. You know, we're like forced to, um, but it, it, the devil and your flesh, they're in allegiance together. So like, that's why getting up to go to church is so such a hassle sometimes. But after you get done with church, you're like, man, I feel so energized. That was amazing. Well, it's funny because you have the Trinity, right? You have like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But then like you have the unholy Trinity, which is like the devil, the flesh, and the world. You know what I mean? So it's 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 the devil is a great imitator. He always it's like I was watching something earlier on a documentary on Jerusalem. And every time they were talking about the Jews believe that this side is holy to Judaism and, you know, whatever, then it would be like, and the Muslims also believe that this side is holy because of this. And right. the, the Jews believe that God did this on this day, but the Muslims also believe that, the, that God did this on this day. And I said to Lauren, I said, man, the devil is really a swagger jacker, isn't he? He's just like, whatever it's like. <laughs> god did this he's like oh well, i gotta come up with a counterfeit story for that you know what i mean it's 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 like oh yeah i just heard a, a whole breakdown of lilith and oh, yeah. uh i didn't i didn't heard that before but like the, the she lilith actually was a monster and it was uh it was there was more than one it was a species and it got the whole uh oral storytelling of that got mistranslated to where now this monster like a leviathan turned out to be in part of the creation you know it's just crazy so the stories out there you've got to read your bible and you've got to do you've got to rightly divide the word word of god out of the things that we've discussed today the holy spirit was just leading me to share your have you share your testimony on where you were in your life with um, not knowing about the grace of God and trying to struggle doing it on your own and um, not being able to hear from God because you're too scared, you know? And um, yeah. And it's, it's really easy these days to get sucked up and become worldly. And when Mm. you're worldly, you lose your identity and your identity is wrapped up in your social media views or your friend's opinion of you or, you know, this extramarital relationship or um, Mm. just whatever you're doing. And so you sign up for a contract of condemnation and the condemnation can go either which way you're trying to be real righteous or you're so unrighteous. You're like, what does it even matter if I even try to do better now? I'm, I'm doomed. And mm-hmm. so um, the devil will try and get you either way as a pendulum swing. And it's important to realize that there's always hope and God loves you. And he wants you to repent from, your, from your works or from um, not doing anything at all. Just yeah. you know, giving up. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it's important to allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to draw you back in lovingly to a relationship with him. And um, I've seen how much you've changed over the years because you went from fearful and timid 
and afraid and not being able to hear God's voice at all, or even hear from other people that were talking to you from the Lord. And now you're, you're out of space to where you, you have that peace. And, you know, we'll be talking and praying just how we have been. And you're, you're giving words from the Holy Spirit and you're, you're tuned in, you know, and the Holy Spirit's guiding you and things are, are different now. Yeah, that's a good feeling for me because honestly, man, it's like for years, my grandmother was always kind of my crutch and I would like pray with her, pray with her, pray with her. And I know God used her, you know, she had her time, but I would always think like, dude, like once my grandmother dies, what am I going to do? Cause I like have this really hard time, like hearing from God on my own, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, it, like almost like she was my Catholic priest or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, mean I remember you actually compared it to that one time. Cause you, you said, well, dude, you got to like, you know, tune in on your own and everything. And God, you know, it's funny. I told the other night, man, I, I told this kid that was here. I said, if you'll, uh, this, this kid, Carlos, I told him, he said, I said, he said, he didn't believe in the Lord. And I said, well, why don't you believe in the Lord? He said, well, I pray, I pray to God and he doesn't answer me or whatever. And I said, Hey, I, you know, I, I shared this with you, but I said, you know, um, that's part of life basically, you know, just cause you pray about something and, doesn't seem like God answers you doesn't mean he doesn't love you or that he's given up on you. And, and we went through this whole, this whole thing where we, where we talked and I let and it ended up leading the kid through the sinner's prayer to make a long story short and leading him to the Lord. Well, right after that, he prayed, God, you know, if, if you're real and this is real, give me a sign that this is real. And he just said, as soon as he said that my son cadence called him up and said, Hey fam, we're coming to get you, you know, and I had just dropped him off, you know what I mean? So like the likelihood yeah. that we were going to change our mind and come back and pick him up or whatever, you know what I mean? And, and he was just like, he was just like mind blown. So my, my, my point with that is, is that, you know, like God will listen to you. He will hear an earnest cry. He will talk to you. He will, communicate with you you know he'll he will give you a sign if that's what it takes you know what i'm saying but it's it's uh it's a walk you know and 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 you've got to just you got to seek him with a diligent heart that's why it says who whoever seeks the lord must believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him you know and yeah. so when you diligently seek him he's going to answer you he's going to show you things he's going to communicate with you and sometimes you got to, you just have to recognize how he's communicating with you. You know I mean? Some people, I mean, they, they, they want God to appear in the sky and write their name up there. And like, that's not necessarily going to happen. Although maybe it'll happen for somebody. I mean, think like, well, like, like for me, like I'll, I'll look up into the sky and God will send a bird across the sky. And I'll be like, okay, that's confirmation, you know, cause I'll just be thinking about something. So, I mean, I still do little things like that, like putting out the fleece, like, okay, God, you know, if it's going to sure, be wet sure, or dry sure. or just whatever. So he communicates me through me with uh, nature or, you know, sermons. Yeah, and and I God he uses books a lot, man. It, uh, so it's like, I'll be thinking about the exact thing and I'll pick up a book and flip to something in the book. And it'll be, I mean, you know, so it's, it's, it, God will use different things or he'll use a circumstance or he'll use somebody like to like just start just a second ago. He said, Hey, I heard that sermon today. Like, you uh, know, like that's, yeah. it's, you know, when, when you're seeking him, he'll use things to confirm his words. You, you just gotta be open to it, you know? So um, if anybody's out there and they're struck, let's, let's end this with some prayer real quick. Um, 
Yep, I was wanting you to to pray for these people and uh, just let the Lord lead you. All right, so if it, so that's perfect. So we were being led the same way. So just like that, there's an example. So yep, if anybody's out there who have been experiencing condemnation or you've been feeling hopeless, you've been feeling lost, you've been feeling like there is no hope for you, even though you've been a Christian and now you've, you've made these mistakes, I want you to know that that's a lie from the enemy, that the, the reason yes. that that lie there is because god has a call in your life and people would tell me this for a long time and i would go like yeah right okay i want to believe that so bad but i just couldn't intellectually wrap my mind around it so what i want to say to you is stop trying to intellectually grasp it and just say okay god just somehow reveal this truth to me and and in the meantime i'm just going to trust you and believe you that it's true you know in the meantime i'm going to make a conscious decision to relax in you and to just allow you to to work on my heart and fix it where it's flawed but when the enemy comes to you with those type of lies i mean you can rebuke it that's a good thing but the other thing to do is i would say is just remove that lie as far from your mind as you can and just focus on the lord and get intimate with them spend time with them and worship and stuff and not because you're wanting to feel some relief from this condemnation or whatever just because you want to spend some time with them and just just soak in his presence and see if he doesn't show up because god likes to show up and to show off and and to and to show us that he loves us because he does love us like a good father so dear heavenly father we come before you lord in the name of jesus and we lift up anybody out there who was like me lord who who really loved you and they were they were trying to draw close to father god but then maybe they they got off into a sinful relationship or maybe they backslid with drugs or maybe whatever it was, Lord, Father God, or, or maybe they just stopped going to church or, you know, I don't, people beat themselves over different things, Lord, but whatever it is, Father God, that now they feel like you've condemned them and that they can't be forgiven, Lord. Right now, we just, we confess that sin, Lord, you know, to you, Lord. So, so whatever that sin is right now, I just want you to take a second and just think of it and confess it to the Lord. And Lord, your word says, we know we can take you at your word. Your word says, if we confess our sins, that you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Lord. Furthermore, your word says in Romans 8, 1, that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And so once we put our faith in you and we, we, we become a part of you, Lord, uh, there are no abortions in heaven, Lord. So once we're born again, Lord, once we've committed our lives to you, and we've been born yes. again, Lord, you're not undo that so therefore we are in you at that yes, point lord. lord and so because we are in you we know that there is no condemnation to those who are in you and i remember lord i was explaining to carlos the other day that condemnation meant that you had been found guilty that you had been judged guilty under the law well the fact is lord your word says that we're no longer under the law but we're under grace yeah. And Lord, we're actually dead, Lord. Your word says that we died in Christ, that we, you know, when then we're risen to new life, that we were crucified with Christ on the cross. So a dead man cannot be found guilty of any offense because it is dead. So the punishment has already been taken by Christ and Christ died and rose again for, for us, Lord. So Lord, we just ask that you break any uh, lies that the enemy has been telling people or yeah. that you reveal that your that your word is what rings true and that we know we can hold on to that lord and when the enemy tries to use your word to fight against his people lord i ask that you just teach them how to properly apply 
the full armor of God and put out the fiery darts and then fight back with the word, just like Jesus did when the enemy came to him, fight back with the word and relax in your, relax in your sonship. Those are the words that I, that kind of came to my head is to just like, you know, my, your kids, my kids don't run around and go like, gee, I wonder if I am Eric's son. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Like they know, you know, they're confident in that. So just be that, be that, relax in your sonship and go like, hey, I'm a king's kid. As long as you've confessed with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, the word says you shall be saved. It doesn't say you might be saved. It doesn't say you can be saved. It says you shall be. And so you you shall be is, is a definitive, it's a definitive statement. So just relax in that let the lord work with you and just continue to draw close to him every day and don't let the enemy beat you up and, and more importantly don't beat yourself up um know that jesus took that punishment for you and i just pray these yeah. things i pray that you come, i pray for you that you can come to that understanding quicker than i did um so that you don't have to go through that hard road of condemnation and, and feeling like there's no hope because there is hope and Christ is your hope. And what he did when he said it is finished on the cross was final. And you don't, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to try to um, be good enough. You don't have to go try to accomplish a whole bunch of things so that you can win God's approval. It's not about what you did. You just need to trust in what he did and, and, and let go and let God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, I um, <clears throat> I just want to take this time to um, talk to the listeners. There's someone I believe that's tuned in that has been beat up, and they have been beat down, and they feel like they have just lost all all their will to to believe or to hope or to even function anymore. And the Lord is just speaking to you right now as a fly, as a flower and just trying to, to speak love to you so you'll grow. He's not speaking death to you. He's, the Lord speaks life. And yes. so Lord, the Lord right now is just it's calling out to you and saying, trust me and lean on me and not on your own understanding. Uh-huh. And so... I just want to call. I just want to say a prayer with you, and um, if you're ready to get rid of these these voices and this condemnation that's been coming at you your whole entire life, and accept Jesus as your Savior, and or rededicate your life, like right now, God's calling out. And he's saying, "Choose this day whom you will serve." So, Lord, we just uh, we just come to you right now and this listener father that's listening right now they've doubted their salvation they've had the 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 devil whisper in their ear these things and lord we know that jesus died on the cross for our sins the bible says whoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life so lord no matter what they've done no matter what sin they've committed lord you'll forgive them if they put their trust in you so, Lord, right now, I just I just ask you that um, you would surround them with your presence. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, I believe in your son, Jesus. 
I believe he died on the cross for me and I accept him as my savior and I accept love and I refuse condemnation. Lord, I ask you to live in my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. So we believe that the Lord is alive and he loves you and he doesn't want to condemn you. And so um, we just wanted to give God that, that opportunity to minister because that's what this is all about. So I wanted to say thanks, Eric, for coming on to the podcast. We uh, hope to see you soon. We have several, several other topics to talk about for sure. Um, yeah, I think that- I think I think we do. I think this led us into maybe our next topic, or maybe we should talk about spiritual warfare, or uh, I don't know. You know, um, I, I, that seemed to be the direction, but but you know, whatever it is, and and hopefully this will be a good a good podcast for some. I know it will be. There's got to be. You know, the the tricks of the enemy aren't new, so I know that if if I've struggled with that you know there's a lot of other believers out there that have struggled with the same thing you know so yeah and um in my book breaking the devil's contract you can google it and find it anywhere um but everything in that book that i write about i've struggled with so um it's all there so you know um you should be able to relate to it very easily yeah i could say having having known you for quite a long time actually you know it, it part of God's grace is on us, and whenever we get back up, you know, it's uh, it's right there again. His love doesn't um, decrease whenever we mess up. Yeah, so to kind of go back to that, as I would say, like in your life, when I would see, you know, um, one of the things God used to help teach me his grace was in your life, I'd say, well, I see that he did it. You know, he, he felt and, and did this or, or whatever it is. And, you know, because we talk to each other, we tell each other, well, hey, I, you know, with that. And that's the thing. You need someone like that, too. If you don't have somebody like that in your life that you can go to and just be real with and go, hey, I screwed up in this area. You need oh, to yeah. Find or me. I'm needing help in this area or just, you know, I'm getting attacked or just whatever yeah. it is. You know, um, yeah. we're have- each other's accountability partners. So we, we know everything about each other. So and that's, yeah, that's, you got to have somebody you can go to with, with your praise reports and with your dirt, you know what I mean? And so it, it, anyways, but I, you know, part of the thing that helped me learn grace was seeing like, Oh, well look, look what happened with my friend here. And then how God used that and turn it back around for his, glory you know and then i'll go okay well then i can do that same thing and that's like why the word says to encourage one another to good works because not only you're a lot of the time maybe that's some words that the person can give you or maybe it's not but a lot of the times more is caught than taught right so you you see the example that somebody's living and you go oh well if they can do it then you know i can do it too you know and so well, God's not a respecter of persons, you know. And right, so, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, so, and you know, one last thing. Well, I don't know. I just thought of this. So I feel like it's where the Lord led me. Um, because I used to do this a lot. So I know the temptation with uh with the condemnation is, you know, don't think that every other Christian out there in the world and every other pastor out there in the world and everyone else out there that's that's a believer is better than you are. Um 
because I know I would go to church and I'd hear a pastor give this great sermon and I'd think, oh, what an awesome person of God. Like, they're just so perfect if I could only be like that or whatever, right? Or I'd meet this Christian person and they'd seem to be on fire for the Lord and I'd say, oh, they're just so great if I could be like that, but I'm just this filthy whatever. Like, no, no, you're not, you know? I mean, I think it was Charles Spurgeon or some famous pastor that said, like, if you knew the things that I actually did, you would spit in my face. Right. And <laughs> like, you know, just cause you see whoever your favorite pastor is get up there and give this great sermon. You know, I've known some pastors personally. It doesn't mean that they didn't go home right afterwards and watch the Howard Stern show or whatever. Right. You would think they never would have done that. You know what I mean? But he's not talking about me. I don't watch the Howard Stern show. (laughs) That wasn't, that wasn't about him actually, but you know, so no, it's true. And you know, a lot of ministers, they, they get tempted, you know, on Monday to sin because they were so high in the spirit on Sunday. Um, So, you know, it's our flesh wants to mimic whatever we experience in the spirit. And so you could be having like your best day that you have with God. You better be ready to have that same day in God the next day. Cause if not, your flesh is going to try to manufacture that. And so it's just, it's a given just warning you right now. You want to keep it going. Yep, absolutely. And so just don't, don't look at everybody that's, that seems to be so spiritual and try to compare yourself with them you know what i mean that's another thing you know just kind of just just use the word as your measuring stick and you know obviously you compare yourself against that you look yourself in the mirror you're going to see the flaws there but also realize that god sees his son when he looks at you and so you know that's that's why he came to remove all your guilty stains you know so don't don't focus on them you know and don't don't contrast and compare yourself to every other believer and go well you know, sister Susie prays five hours a day and I can't make myself pray 20 minutes a day. Well, okay. That's where you're at right now. And since we're going into the overtime here, um, I'll just say that whenever, like Paul said that, like who has jacked you into thinking this type of belief that you can begin in the spirit, but try to continue in the flesh. It's It's impossible like you you right that's the yeah you you cannot um think that you're gonna get born again and then do real good that is the first (laughs) that's the fast fastest way to to signing a contract of condemnation ever (laughs) so yeah but you'll notice when people first get born again man they're you know they're quick to some of them they're quick judgment self-righteousness oh yeah yeah they're quick (laughs) They're quick to throw everybody in hell. Um, you know, oh, well, look at that person over there. They got a cigarette in their mouth. You know, they're going to hell. You know what I mean? And that was something I read in a book when I first got say, well, if you have a cigarette in your mouth, you're a disgrace to the gospel. And I'm not saying you should go smoke. This is not an endorsement of smoking. Well, no, it's, it's, this is what I've, I've told people. And it's and it's rang true. Let's say you were in a... Um, you were sleeping with chicks, you were doing drugs, drinking, lying, stealing, cheating, whatever, all these things, right? As soon right. as you get saved, your spirit is saved, you're, you're born again, your, your sins are forgiven, but your flesh, nothing happened to your flesh. 
your flesh no. is still extremely hungry for uh sin it wants to sleep with people it still wants to do drugs still knows how to do drugs still going to convince you you need to do drugs nothing's changed in your flesh and nothing no. ever will change in your flesh you're going to always no, battle gonna, that so and it changes now is when you do give in to those temptations my belief is that if you've truly been born again if you're truly giving your life to the lord you'll never be able to be happy in those conditions again no because you have the holy spirit active in your life and as soon as you even start to think about those things your holy spirit's like no we don't do that no more and take i remember this illustration i thought it was like it's terrible i thought it was the funniest illustration ever that you gave a long time ago but um but at the same time i was like it's so true you might do like go take the holy spirit and try to throw them in a bag and be like be quiet you know and or whatever right of course and 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 and, you know here i'm gonna stuff you in this bag and tie it up you know and like you know go okay i'm not gonna listen to you and then and drown out the voice of the lord and go off and do what you want to do and then you come back and you're trying to let them out of the bag now right or you might try you might try to ground the Holy Spirit to a certain compartment in your house or room in your house and go do what you want to do, but you're never going to be able to be happy in those conditions because God will being a Christian and living in sin is the most miserable place in the world, you know? And so if you're doing that, you know, I urge you repent, come out of it, quit holding on to the things that so easily uh, uh, entangles you. Yeah, entangles you we'll just we'll just end it there and i uh, just want to thank all my listeners and uh email email me at breaking the devil's contract at hotmail.com and give us some topics you want us to talk about you know just give us some confirmations as well of things you've learned from the 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 podcast and things you like and we'll see you next time on breaking the devil's contract